Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Couple Nurses Podcast with your host, Matt Sartrek, and myself, Peter. Thank you guys for tuning in on today's episode. We have a very action-packed episode. But first, don't forget to check out couplenurses.com, and we are frontlinewarriors.com. A lot of cool content on there. And don't forget, us a, don't forget to give us a rating and a thumbs up or a like or a plus or bonus or whatever they use nowadays on Spotify, our podcast, and YouTube. For those who don't know, know still, we are on YouTube. We got some cool videos over there. We got our vlogs over there coming every week, and we got a bunch of cool merch on our websites, and we got a lot of things coming in. And October is approaching, and we're going to aim to get our contract in Travel Nursing Texas in, in October. So we're trying to get a lot of stuff done on the back end that I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy. So what's up, Matt? I'm pumped for that, man. And also, we did a poll, and people want to see some vlogs from Chicago. So we're going to do a couple of vlogs to showcase how we're kind of hanging out outside of nursing, what we do in Chicago before we hit the road again. Yeah. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the largest cohort study from Israel about vaccines and the safety of them. And then also we're going to compare vaccine immunity versus natural immunity and talk about everything COVID related in this episode. Yeah, COVID's still going on, man. And it's about to get worse. We're about to hit hit COVID in a prime in Texas. I know a lot of stuff going down in Texas, but there, it's, it's still, I still see... Everything COVID-related as experimental. That's why I don't like this giant push for these mandates and these vaccines. We're not going to go on a, a, a talk about vaccines. A little but, bit later on. Yeah, maybe a little bit later on. But we're not pro nor against the vaccine. We're both pro-choice, and it should be your decision to, to get to just like everything else in life is your decision. That's why this, this push for these vaccines is kind of kind of sketchy, you could, you could say. So today yeah. we're going to look at some research studies from outside the country. Yeah, and this is the largest real-world study, and it compares the vaccinated what's happening with delta and things like that and israel is a great example to see what ex- exactly happened because it's one of the largest countries that had the largest vaccination rates not the largest country but the vaccination rates i think it's above 60 percent they did uh accomplish it the quickest and now with what's happening is they're seeing a lot of reinfections they're seeing the previous doses don't last as long as we once thought. Maybe it's only three to six months, and we need to up the booster. So, so now, so now are we going to forever beginning boosters now every six months or whatever until we kind of figure this out? Like it's, it's interesting to see where this is going to go. But man, some pretty good facts to, to point out. Yeah, and this is a study with over 1.7 million eligible people. It's a study with over two million people. The median age was around 43 years old. And like I said, uh, Israel had one of the largest highly daily infections and reinfection rates with up to 75,000 confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. And this is looking uh, just in Israel, just the uh, August time. So Mm -hmm. one in 150 people in Israel are literally sick from COVID. One out of how much? One one out of 150. Yeah. Had the virus. Had the virus? Yeah, man. Like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's while it's going on in the U.S., and it's, and it's, I feel like uh, the news does a good job of portraying what goes, what's happening here. But then when you look at things outside the country, you really don't really, really hear much. And I feel like the, the news and stuff don't really present a lot of studies. And if they, they do present studies, it's usually like real quick and they don't give you the, the, the full information. Yeah. And one example you bring up is, you know, uh, the cases or the mortality rates when it was like the percentages, what's your chance of death? Well, if you really want to educate the public, why don't you break that down into age uh, brackets mm-hmm. so we actually see what's what's happening? And we're going to talk about UK and that and kind of show you guys what the news says, for example, in the UK, but what the actual statistics are when it comes to the hospitals. 
So one of the, st uh, the study actually compared 25 adverse effects that you could get from vaccines within a three-week period, both between the vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals that had separate groups. And myocarditis was the one, the most serious one. So overall, they found vaccines to be safe. Mm. Uh, in order to get carditis, uh, it's 2.7 cases per 100,000 people that are vaccinated. And if you compare it to not getting the vac vaccine, and if you look at myocarditis, you have a chance of getting myocarditis 11 per 100,000. So, so if, there's an increased chance of getting myocarditis from not having the vaccine versus the vaccine. Right. So, yeah. So that's cool because Rhonda Patrick also brought this, brought the myocarditis um, to topic because uh, the Joe Rogan episode, he, he brought myocarditis. Rhonda Patrick said you have a higher chance of getting myocarditis through COVID-19 than through the vaccine. So that's one of your worries is, hey, I don't want to get the vaccine because I'm going to get myocarditis. You're at a higher chance of getting myocarditis through COVID-19 instead of the vaccine. So you're, if your biggest fear is myocarditis, you're probably better off getting the vaccine. Yeah, people are like, wait, are you serious? You tell me to take it. We're looking at the data and this is what it presents, right? The data yeah. says you have a better chance. Of course, you got to evaluate yourself, evaluate yourself and see how you're doing when it comes to health, nutrition, your inflammatory markers and X, Y, and Z if you want to dwindle into that. Right. Um, other adverse events that were more moderately associated with the vaccine were uh, swelling of the lymph nodes, which was uh, 78 cases per 100,000. And then we also had appendicitis, which was five out of 100,000 cases. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the herpes Ross, uh, results there. I don't know why uh, herpes are uh, popping up in the vaccine. I didn't look into it that deeply. Wait, is herpes zoster, is that chicken pox? Which chicken pox? Oh, now you're confusing me. <laughs> but that's uh, 16 per 100,000. So clearly there's... Uh, oh, shingles. Shingles. Shingles, okay. Mm -hmm. So you can get shingles from the vaccine. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was looking at that, my herpes zoster. Okay. So I feel like sometimes when you ask me a question, I'm just like, wait blank out mm. um so look so looking at this giant study there's a lot of benefits for vaccinations and then a little bit later on in the show we're going to talk about another study that compared this as well mm. but they're talking about natural immunity versus vaccinations but they compare what are your risks to the new delta variant strain right and that's where things are a little bit different it might change your perspective if you continue listening to us yeah so i'll give you guys a little bit of stats on hospital admissions and that's in english is this the second study already the english one this one uh, this is not necessarily a study. This is more I, something I found from uh, th just the hospitals themselves and comparing it because uh, if you look at the CDC or whatever the CDC is in the UK, they're saying that it's the the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. uh, the same mainstream narrative that's being pushed in the United States is pushed across the globe. And we decided to hone in on data to compare if, is it really the unvaccinated that are causing this issue? Yeah, so some of the data with England, uh, the hospital admission rates and death. So with hospital admissions, for people aged above 50, 31% of those admissions were unvaccinated people, and 58 received both doses, and 10% received one dose. So if you look at just this alone, the people that are aged 50 and above, you could, you, you could categorize them as a higher risk for having a a hard time through COVID-19, right? But the hospital admissions are showing that majority of people that are 50 and above have been vaccinated and are coming to hospital, which basically shows that the vaccine isn't as effective as we thought we were combating hospitalizations. But when the when you bring the age under 50, 
74% are unvaccinated, right? They go to the hospital and only 9% are vaccinated and 15% receive one dose. So if you're below the age of 50, it's kind of weird how, how that works, right? Your chances of going into the hospital with COVID-19 and if you're younger than 50 and unvaccinated are higher than if you're vaccinated. But if you flip it onto the, the more risk, more at risk, people are being hospitalized regardless if they got a vaccine or not. So COVID-19 affects people, most people that are 50 and above, 60 and above, right? So this vaccine in theory was geared more towards them because people that are younger aren't having such a hard time with it. So this kind of shows that, hey, this vaccine isn't working exactly how, how we planned it. Because if if it was, then you'd see the, the flip results. You'd see more unvaccinated people above the age of 50 going to the hospital than not. Right. And 58% of those people had the vaccine and are still being readmitted. Mm. So there's reinfections. And this and this these stats don't tell you what they're going in for. It is being admitted. Yeah. So maybe people that are under the age of 50 that are unvaccinated, they're going for for COVID, but the symptoms might not be as 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 bad, you could say. But that's just speculation. Right. They could be it could be really bad, you know. The the way I see it is the person that's under 50, I feel like they're sick. They have more um, core morbidities with them and it's le- leading to this early cause of um, or not early cause this hospital admissions I also real quick I also have a theory on this above the age of 50 why people are are um, are getting vaccinated but also going to hospital is I think this virus or not the virus but this vaccine when it was advertised to people it was your your step back to normal if you get the vaccine you could live a more normal life so what I'm thinking is these elderly people got this vaccine and they decided to go into public spaces and they caught COVID again. And that's what happened because we gave them this false hope of, hey, if you get this vaccine, you'll be safe. So if somebody that was at home, that didn't want to go out, that was that had a lot of comorbidities, that was a higher risk for dying from COVID-19, they got the vaccine and they thought, okay, I'm vaccinated, so now I should be safe to go outside. And they decided to leave. And that's probably why we're seeing this high percentage of people that are older and vaccinated go to hospital yeah. because this this false hope of this vaccine is your way to normal is completely nonsense. I mean, that's what they told us, mm-hmm. right? So things get a little bit murkier when you look at deaths for hospitalization. So aged 50 and over, 70% of the people that died were vaccinated versus 30% unvaccinated. But if you look at the age group 50 and under, 64% were, were unvaccinated. So if they're telling you it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated according to if you differentiate between age groups that is not true but they don't tell you age groups or anything they just say they they pick one of these statistics and just and just create the story i I mean technically their story is true but now if you're differentiating age groups hey guys people are dying 50 and over and 70 percent of them are vaccinated in the uk what's going on here right you can have all the data that you want but if you read it a certain way to the public, they're going to get a different conclusion than what's actually there. And that data is beautiful. But remember, you could create data for, for anything. That's that's a double-edged sword of just like a lot of things. You can have really good data that can really give you the facts, or you can have not so good data, which could be a lot in the volume. But if the narrative is different, then the data is going to be drifting toward your narrative. This is how yeah. shit works. And looking at the second uh, study here that we have, so that's comparing SARS to COVID natural immunity versus vaccine-induced immunity and also reinfections and breakthrough infections. So this study is not peer-reviewed yet. It's, of course, not funded by any other 
uh, sources. So that that's good. But it's not peer reviewed because it was just published five days ago from this recording. So, but then how how accurate is peer reviewed? Because we know how accurate the FDA could be. But remember when uh, was it Brett or Eric Weinstein when they wrote that uh, like that fake paper about dogs in a park? Yeah, it was all bullshit. But it was all peer reviewed and it, and it was supposed to be like this breakthrough giant study. And then what the people showed them is that hey. This peer reviewing system is flawed. This research is flawed because we wrote a complete garbage research study and it was said to be one of the most transformational studies ever created. And it was all bullshit. So you have to also be careful that peer reviewed. That's why once again, pro-choice is, is the way to go because it should be for you because if someone has a million dollars and I want to feed you bullshit, they'll feed you bullshit for a million dollars. If I have a product and I have a million dollars in, in, in a marketing budget, guess what? That million dollar is going to me selling that product no matter what that product is. 100%. Yeah. And that's what, and that's some, what I'm gonna end my podcast. I'm gonna leave right now. That's there you go, say. man. Go get, go, go hit the gym, bro. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it from here. Uh, so this this study looked at the same study from Israel, but it compared infections from January of this year to February, and now they're comparing it from July to August with a new Delta strain being in Israel and seeing its effects. So large study with over uh, there was sixty two thousand people that were eligible for unvaccination versus. Uh, 42,000 that were eligible for like the single dose. So I don't want to get into the numbers, but long story short, there's 673,000 people in the sample. Mm-hmm. Data is pretty good if you ask me. So outcomes. Um, let's see. Oh, so the period that was actually followed by, let me take that back. I'm looking at my notes from June June 1st, to August 14th. Mm-hmm. So that's when the uh, Delta variant was more uh, prevalent there in Israel. So vaccine-induced immunity was associated with a 27-fold increased risk for symptomatic infection compared to symptomatic reinfections. So basically they're saying that if you got vaccinated and you got COVID, even though you're vaccinated, you had a higher chance of getting symptoms compared to somebody that already had a COVID and catching it a second time. Yes. So this is, yeah, this is comparing just the vaccine induced immunity. So your chances of getting Delta is still 27 fold. Yeah. So that means that's 27 X. Right. Which Com- is compared to if you already had COVID-19, right? And now yes. you're getting Delta. Yes. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, always, it's always going to be that natural is always going to be, be better. Natural immunity is always going to be better than artificial immunity. Of course, we can't always guarantee you natural immunity for things because would you want to risk a natural immunity of polio by getting polio? Probably not. You know, that's why vaccines are important in, in, in that sense. This is a little bit different. Yeah, and then if you look at uh, vaccinations, uh, when it comes to evidence of natural immunity, that demonstrated a 5.96-fold increased risk of breakthrough infections and a 7.13-fold of increased risk for symptomatic diseases. Mm-hmm. So... The conclusion of this is basically saying that natural immunity ha- uh, con- has a longer lasting effect on your immune system. They don't know if it's B cells or T cells that are causing this. Um, but if you get the vaccine, single dose or two doses, and you already had COVID, you have a lower chance of getting severe symptomatic dis- uh, the disease of what's going to happen versus just having the vaccine and also the natural immunity. Right. And we're not, we're not bashing the vaccine. We're just com- comparing a vaccine immunity versus natural immunity. That's what we're doing for today. We're not talking shit about anything. We're just saying, hey, natural immunity versus 
vaccine immunity. Yeah, and even uh, core morbidities. So if you if you compare that statistically, there was a 13.06 fold of increased risk for breakthrough infections as opposed to reinfections. Mm-hmm. And breakthrough infections meaning uh, if you already had the vaccine and then you got COVID again. So you have a higher chance of catching COVID again if you have a lot of core morbidities if you're vaccinated versus if you just have core morbidities and are referring to getting reinfected from COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's 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 the thing though. Like, if you have a lot of comorbidities, and and you haven't got COVID yet, are you better off getting the jab, or are you better off catching COVID? Personally, I feel like you're probably better off getting the vaccine than you are catching COVID naturally. Because if you have a lot of comorbidities, and even though the the jab doesn't guarantee you immunity against COVID nineteen, you're probably still better off doing that. If you don't want to change your lifestyle around, if you want to, right. if you want to take the lazy way out, you could try this, but this isn't as, as foolproof as changing around your lifestyle. Yeah. And that's a disclaimer that, Hey, these studies are not interpreting that maybe you shouldn't take it. Or if you have been already infected, you shouldn't take it. That's up to uh, your discretion. But we're, what we're seeing here is there, the, the vaccine doesn't offer a long form of protection and immunity from this virus. Mm-hmm. So therefore, now we have to differ the question and we're comparing based on statistics, what's the better outcome? And the, and the problem is, is that we can't do this in the United States. So uh, this is actually kind of interesting because the U.S. at first said that they're not tracking at all breakthrough cases. And this was as of May, May 1st, 2021. Mm-hmm. But now in summer, and this is as of sometime in July, CDC says that they're only going to track the most severe cases, which is unfair, which is unfair, because if you if you believe in science, and you want to track things, you want to analyze the data properly, you want to see what the comparison is. We in the United States cannot even take data from our own hospitals and compare because now we're filtering out what the criteria is of a breakthrough case, right? How are you going to limit uh, one study sample and then keep the other one as large as it could be, right? Because how are you going to, if you're going to, fine, I'm, I'm okay with you only counting severe cases, but make that severe vaccinated cases and severe unvaccinated cases, not just we'll count everybody on a non-vaccinated side and only X on, on the other side. Because then that skews data because you're going to not think there's as much breakthrough cases with people getting the vaccine versus people that don't have the vaccine, right? Yeah. And, th- and this is why we can't look at U.S. data and compare. If somebody tells me if the case is from U.S. and we're comparing whether vaccines aren't working or the immunity of it versus natural, we can't have the discussion because the CDC is filtering out reports, just like the case number and all that stuff. So now we're looking at, you know, skewed data. So that's, that's, yeah, man, it's, it's always, it's always weird, dude. Like if you're so data driven, look at all the data we have on cancer. Look at all the data we have on cardiovascular disease. Look at all this data we have on the negative effects of eating. If the government and all these entities are so data-driven, why are cigarettes still legal? Why is there still mass amounts of sugar in, in certain foods? If we're so data-driven and we're all paying attention to, to, to data. That's what happens. When people like to throw data at you, if it backs them up, but they fail to, real, to realize, all the other data is still there to take a look at it as well. Yeah. So people that are telling me, hey, you're statistically this if you don't get the vaccine. Okay, if you're so data-driven... Why the hell don't you advocate for better lifestyles, for healthier food lunches? Why don't you advocate for that instead of advocating for the vaccine? Because there's a lot more detrimental things in the world than just 
just COVID nineteen. Yeah. Look at all the all like the toxins that we that we have in in like our our hair products, our laundry detergent. What's that product that got recently banned? I forgot what it was called. But there was a product that was recently banned from from sunscreen. What are they banned from sunscreen? Oh, the oxybenzone. Something like that. Yeah. And, and that's we, and we mentioned it in multiple episodes, yes. man. And that's in our laundry detergent. It's in cleaning products. It's it's in plastics. It's What's up, what's up with that? We're going to ban it from that's sunscreen? That's BPA, by the way, just for... Yeah. But BPA and oxybenzone are two separate things. Well, it's a plastics too, because I, I read that article. Oh, for it's sure. It's a laundry okay. detergent. It's in, it's I'm in trying plastics. to fact check you on the show. Just make sure you don't say wrong things. No, no, no. Cool, yeah, cool. It's, cool. In, it's, in, it's in like cosmetic products. It's like along with BPA, this oxy thing that got banned wow. is also in, in these things. So yeah, you're going to throw data at me about the the vaccine, and I'm going to throw you data about other shit. But guess what? Um, it's still your choice if you want to eat that stuff, if you don't want to, to work out, if you don't want to do this. As it's the same way it should be my choice if I want to get the vaccine, right? Right. It's, and the sunscreen is a perfect example. So now that I know that I could get skin cancer from the sun and from the sunscreen, now I got to weigh my options. Okay, do I not spray myself? Mm-hmm. Is that going to increase the chances? Should I just have natural sun exposure 30 to an hour a day and then instead of just having that one lash out of three hours and getting sunburn and increasing your chances of cancer, expose yourself little by little yeah. and make that sun not toxic to us. It comes down to choices. We're, yeah, we're so disconnected from nature, man. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's coming down to choices. So like same way you, sh- you could eat a shitty diet and you know still pay the same amount for insurance as I do, I should have a choice to get a vaccine or not. And, and, and everybody else should. Yep. The last study or... This is a research paper that came out from Trends in Eternal Medicine. It's by uh, Dr. Clausen, uh, and he published a paper in August, which is still under peer review. And he's claiming, and this is the title of the study, U.S. COVID-19 vaccines proven to cause more harm than good based on pivotal clinical trial data analyzed using proper scientific endpoint. All, cause, all causes severe morbidity. And what he did is he basically said science is looking at things the wrong way. So he, instead of using all cause morality, oh uh, yeah, morality, he's using all cause mortality, mor- mor- morbidity. Yeah. You said morality, mortality. So instead of using morality, it's morbidity, mortality versus more because morality is like, is like morale. So oh, it's like a moral. I see. Damn, my Polish kicked in. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all That's good. Cool, cool. Okay, so morbidity. Yes. So he said that we can't use this data to come up with a clear dis- distinction. Mm-hmm. And he makes a good example. It's like saying how the FDA is approving all these like cancer drugs. Basically, if the cancer company or whoever's designing the drug could shrink the tumor, the drug is going to get FDA approved. Hey, it's it's saying what it's what it's marketing. But can it increase the quality of life? How long can we, you know, how much longer can we live? It's FDA approved because it's shrinking the cancer, but it's not acknowledging how it's freaking making you lose your hair, leading to organ failure, whatever crazy chemo drugs do. So then you have to weigh out those options. You know, did that person live a year or is it like eight months now? And he used that example. And the way that the, the severe morbidity works versus the more morality mortality mortality there we go is he makes a good example and he talks about uh he talks about the gun where is this so he says that and this is an extreme example if we're always using disease specific content or endpoints to make a claim that's like saying that if you're shooting somebody in the head to cure cancer that's going to be a cure cancer because the one that who got the treatment got shot in the head 
and died from cancer, meaning he never died from cancer. He died from the wound, um, from the gunshot wound. So therefore, the treatment is good. Mm. So, so that, that, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You finish it. So that means that we're looking at COVID research the wrong way, mm-hmm. where we're only comparing whether you're going to make it out alive from COVID, but not looking at everything else that the, this shot may impact. And if you look at everything that's taking into all the adverse effects, it's weighing the benefits and the risks. So he's saying basically that by you getting a vaccine, you're opening yourself up to the potential of more adverse effects than you would get from COVID-19. Yeah, more prop, more harm than good if you look at the proper endpoint based on his research study. So my my only contradiction to, to this gentleman would be that you might have more adverse effects with the vaccine versus COVID-19, but how bad are these adverse effects? Because if I have a higher chance of getting a lot of adverse effects with the vaccine that aren't too detrimental versus not a lot of adverse effects, or sorry, let me repeat myself just to make sure I said this right. If, if my choice would be to get the vaccine and have a chance of getting a lot or... Or yeah, if I if I was going to get a vaccine and they told me that if I get the vaccine, there's a chance of me getting a lot of adverse effects that aren't very detrimental versus getting COVID and having less adverse effects but being more detrimental, I would definitely go with the vaccine. Yeah. Just because you're getting more adverse effects with the vaccine versus COVID-19, he's not really going into what these adverse effects are exactly, right? Uh, he goes into a little bit. He talks about Johnson, which, like, let's just say they claim that they prevented six cases of severe COVID-19. They required medical uh, attention out of 19,600 people mm. immunized. And same thing with Pfizer and Moderna. So their claims on this research was saying how it prevented hospitalization and severe. Mm. But we never took into uh, consideration adverse effects. And I understand the point that you're making. That's why this is... This is why we're discussing this on the podcast because mm-hmm. it could go both ways. Yeah, 100%. based on what this guy said. Hundred percent. Like, imagine if they start making schools for non-vaccinated. Like, this is like, this is like back to Jim Crow laws. But instead of Jim Crow laws, it's going to be like, like Moderna laws of, of of vaccinations or some shit, or Moderna laws of how to be a proper citizen. You know, like imagine if they start starting to that far because they could go to that extent if no one's gonna gonna kind of stop this from happening and there's going to be this giant push for all oh, the enemy is the unvaccinated which is complete bullshit then that's what we're gonna see we're gonna see segregation because if someone with a vaccine I'm, I'm not gonna have a little vaccine stamp on my, on my left chest they're gonna see that i don't have a vaccine stamp on my left chest they're not gonna associate with me they're not gonna want her to, to enter the same building you get to that extent like look at how people are looking at you for not having a mask people right. people with masks step further from you because they don't want to be by you because you don't have a mask on. Like, how does it make any sense? And they could, it could reach that point. It could reach that point because when there was flu season, nobody was wearing masks. Some people did wear masks in flu season, but still, we're still equal. And now, now we're letting this COVID-19 divide us. It's all, I feel like with the government and with news, it's always something to, to divide. Before, when Trump was in power, it was Trump. Trump was a dividing factor. It was the left versus the right. Now it's the vaccine versus the unvaccine. Now COVID-19 is the main topic instead of Trump. So let's find a way to divide people on, on this subject. And if you could, if this is going to keep happening, it's going to lead to a very detrimental end where we're literally going to have segregation back in the United States and it's going to be around the world. We just give you even more screwed. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but you never know. 
I'm I'm hoping this vac this COVID nineteen naturally goes away, so people stop talking about it and and stop trying to divide people on this topic. But like with everything, there's going to be something next. Yeah, and and this is what this doctor talks about because you said hopefully it goes away, right? And the way he's saying it, if um even if the treatment is helping block the progression of disease that you're treating for, which is COVID, if the end result is still a negative one, are you really doing good without mm-hmm. harm? Which is something that we always practice in nursing and ethics and, and all that. It's one of the laws do no harm. So one of my biggest issues that we mentioned before is, is how are you gonna, going to tell me that something is really beneficial for me and tell me if I don't do it, I'm going to get my civil liberties taken away. I'm going to get certain freedoms taken away from me. Because there was this giant promise of, hey, if you get that vaccine, you're going to be back to normal. And now a year a year later, you could say, eight months later, you could say, hey, if you get the vaccine, you can't do X, Y, Z anymore because you need the vaccine. That's kind of like such such nonsense because if you're telling me something is, is safe and for my benefit, why are you putting these restrictions on, on people that don't want to get it? Like why? Like, like the government, so every 36 seconds, somebody dies from, a cardi- from cardiovascular disease, which is insane. If you really had everyone's best intention in, in mind and pre-pandemic and post-pandemic or during the, the pandemic, why aren't you focusing on things like natural health? We always bring this up and every time we talk about COVID-19 is if somebody really had your best interest in mind, they will tell you your best chances of fighting off COVID would, would be by being a healthy individual. Yeah, even a doctor, if he tells you... Yeah. you that you can't lower cholesterol from diet or exercise, you need to take a stand, walk the hell out. Yeah. Even when you go for hypertension, doctor doctor doesn't say, "Hey, you gotta take this," and that's it. They say, "Hey, you have hypertension. If you don't monitor it with this medication called metoprolol every six hours, you might have a stroke. You might have a heart attack." This is the advice I'm offering. It's your choice to take it or not. Yeah. A medical doctor, a med- medical being a medical professional, you never ever tell anybody what they should do. Because you never know if that could harm them. Say a metoprolol. You don't know if someone has an allergic reaction to metoprolol. You give them metoprolol, tell them, hey, take it. Guess what? That guy goes back to his wife and says, hey, doctor told me I have to take this. And he takes the metoprolol and he drops dead and the wife's going to fucking sue you. But you can't even do this with, with the vaccine. Because you sign a paper that, hey, no one's liable for your for your things, for your um, for whatever happens afterwards, your reverse effects. Yeah, That's where shit gets funky. If you have your best interest in mind, you know cardiovascular disease is a bigger killer than COVID-19. And you know diabetes, hypertension, and all these comorbidities are also negatively affecting people that have COVID-19 and that have cardiovascular disease in the long run, and you're still not pushing for a healthy lifestyle. So where the hell is their, their interest in mind? Yeah. Right? Like, it makes you think. Because by a healthy diet, good exercise, they could help you get through COVID-19, and they could, get, get, they could help you get through any kind of cardiovascular disease that you have or diabetes, right? It'll, it'll potentially fix those things. Right. You're basically killing... 36 birds with one stone or whatever. Yeah, and no one's doing studies on how long our natural immunity lasts. Imagine if you're fit and healthy, it'll last over a year. Yeah. But we're always looking at the majority population at the 95% confidence interval. Uh, and the last thing about Israel, if you're looking at them, and that's the gold standard where New York and Cali are following with the whole passport stuff, well mm-hmm. then, more than likely you're going to need a booster again to to get back into normal living. Yeah. I don't find that okay at all because I am a sovereign individual and it's my given right in this earth to just live freely and not have to conform to things. And it's not guaranteed. Nothing, not, they're yeah. not saying, hey, 
the data shows that it looks like we're going to need this COVID-19 vaccine every six months, but it's going to work. Yeah. They don't say that. First of all, they said one dose, then it's two doses. Now in your third dose, now it's every six months. It's like the story keeps changing, but they're still manning you to, to get this. Right. Imagine if the effects of metoprolol were, were changing. You know, you'd be like, what? Maybe I want a different medication, right? If, if metop- 20 milligrams of metoprolol or, or, or 15 or whatever drops your blood pressure by 10 one day, and then a month later, it drops it by, by 40. And then two months later, it drops it by five again. And it's unpredictable. Well, that I probably would not want them metoprolol. Right. I'll and, take amlodipine or something else. And because if you look at this past year, we've been wrong so many times. What if we're wrong again? Yeah. Great example. This doctor that's a little bit of controversial, Dr. Clausen, he says that we are facing a looming vaccine-induced public health catastrophe. What if getting vaccinated is breeding this virus quicker there's more resistant strains just like we talked about the whole antibiotic situation where we're breeding stronger bacteria what if we're going to be breeding a stronger stronger virus by keep exposing that virus to the spike proteins or whatever the mechanism of action it is for mutating right how come we can't take that into consideration what if that's a potentially bad thing you never know or look what happened from this virus we're not sure where it came from it might might be man-made it might have come from a lab and now, if there's a COVID-19 circulating, there's probably people doing research on COVID-19 as well, making it even worse for you. So we're not even, we're not even sure where this came from and how it happened. So we're not even fixing the starting point of this. What was the fuck up? Yeah, well, yeah, we just said no. Yeah, we, we just said no, get this vaccine. So first of all, no, one's, no one ever told you who made the fuck up, where this vaccine came from. So it's already a lie. Then they're telling you, hey, this vaccine is going to basically get rid of COVID-19, which it didn't. And then I told you it was supposed to be one dose, then it turned to two doses, now it's three, now it's every six months. So like Matt said, things always changing. If someone's always changing and you're telling me, hey, take this medication, take, take this treatment or, or this, this pill or this shot or whatever, but if things always changing, why are you making it a mandate? If you're not sure what's going to happen in a few months coming out of this, or even if, if it fully works, right? That, that's like, man, that, that's like what I want to drill in people's heads all the time is a freedom of choice, especially when you, we don't, we don't know, dude. Yeah. We don't know. Like it's, it's, it's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. If I know people, how you feel, brother. <laughs> people from cardiac disease die every 36 seconds and McDonald's is across the fucking street and I could get to McDonald's, get a burger quicker than I could get anything else in the world. Yeah. And th- that line is always freaking packed. Dude, always packed. But you'll get your burger, dude. They never run out of burgers, man. Never, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy, dude. And what's wild is, just to summarize everything, is looking at the military. Everybody's required to have a vaccine in the military for COVID. And a Navy surgeon spoke out uh, regarding the mandates. And she made a very good perspective that last year, in 2020, only 20 military uh, ser- servicemen died from COVID. And this year, there was eight, or last year, there was 80 cases of myocarditis in the US military. So, and if you look at myocarditis and you look at the, um, the survival rate or m- mortality rate within three to 10 years is 20, 25 to 56%. Mm-hmm. What are my chances of dying from that damn thing versus having a adverse reaction, always living with that, and then I'm for sure going to die. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a negative point in one. And it's, sh- it's military. So they're healthy individuals. You don't have over people in the military right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do for like office jobs and stuff. It happens, but like the main military that's here to serve us and protect us in time of war, they're all pretty fucking fit people, dude. Yeah. And if you look at uh, myocarditis, 
31 years um, of reportings of uh, vaccine adverse reactions. There's only 317 cases of myocarditis. This year, there's 1,113 cases. Mm -hmm. And what that Navy surgeon kind of mentioned is we stopped vaccines with, um, I think she mentioned PSV, some kind of pneumonia or whatever it is. So we stopped research in different aspects. But here, we're going full throttle when we're realizing that there's people dying from this when it comes to the cases of adverse reactions tenfold, hundredfold versus other situations. Yeah, 100%. And even um, a lot of researchers have said, even um, like the Weinstein brothers and the people that also have those higher credentials, they've said that if this was not COVID-19 and not during a pandemic, this the results that the vaccine came up with this would have never reached the mainstream th- like like this with that these quick. kind of results. Would, this quick and it wouldn't even get passed. Like it wouldn't even be approved for, for, for mass, like mass jabbing. But we're in a pandemic. Laws are changing. You know, the president's doing executive orders and the science community isn't, isn't being as strictly monitored and tested as, as it normally would. Because right. we, we just had this giant push for, hey, we need vaccines and people need to get vaccinated. That's Since it. when, yeah. And then, and then the, they have the scientific community that's getting gaslighted for speaking about other things like the whole ivermectin thing versus uh, remdesivir, whatever the case might be. It's like scientists don't want to speak out, just like people that are listening to this show that maybe never had a straight up discussion with somebody about this, but they're listening to us and they're the silent majority. Like keep on freaking being stronger. Those numbers, you are out there. You are, you are there. Yeah. Because it's like there has to be a resistance because imagine if everybody just gets vaccinated. There's no more data to even find out what natural immunity is going to do. I want to be the freaking placebo, bro. (laughs) Like look at mesothelioma. Like they used to put put asbestos into into walls, right? It was deemed safe. And then look at the infomercials going out like 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey, do you suffer from mesothelioma? Here's a lawyer. Why? Because that shit's been proven toxic as fuck, right? And now they're suing. But now... Hey, you sign a paperwork. If 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, even 100 years from now, your kids get get something because it was passed down from the vaccine. If you, if you want to take that risk, go for it. You know, it's, it's up to you. We, we don't know. We don't know the long-term, long-term effects. That's why it's so important to fight for your freedoms. Because if, like Matt said, if there's only one sample, what are you going to compare it to? What if, what if life is a lot better in 20, 30 years without the jab? We'll yeah. never have the information if everybody gets it. Right. And that's what they want to do. Because they, because look what we watched with the oil, Rockefeller. You don't beat your competition by being right, by being better. You beat your competition by having more money and more resources to basically subdue and silence it and get rid of the competition. Yep. The, like people might, might think that in competition, the goal is one, the better product always wins. No, it's not like that. It's a person that has more money and more contacts that, that's going to win because they could they could cloud the the rivals or they could completely eliminate them. It's like uh, Gam- Gamble and Proctor, yeah. the food industry. He's bought out a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like looking at Google and Microsoft. Like they, they already invested in companies for screenings, employee health for COVID and all that shit. So if you're looking at these companies and they're investing things and resources there, they don't want this to go away. Mm, it's not. Do you want to be monitored all the time with freaking little bracelets to make sure you're protected and safe? Like, 
And this is why, like, we're not even from America, bro. But we have so much American, like, liberty. I love this country. Patriotism. Yeah, I love it, too, for what it gave me that Poland didn't give me, right? It's like, we are meant to be sovereign individuals governing ourselves, not the government governing us. Mm. That's the shit that we fought for almost 300 years ago, whatever the number is, right? And we're slowly getting that taken away. And we're not seeing it because it's happening in small increments, Yep, and we're not seeing it because they're, because they're dividing us. That's why, because you can't see past it if you're or if you're in conflict with somebody else. Right. If man and I are fighting, I'm not focusing on my next opponent, am I? I'm focusing on you, just you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that, that's why that's how divide and conquer works. You, you're so divided and you're so so in a war and a fight against each other where you cannot grasp or think about anything beyond that. You can't because you're you're because you're the enemy, man. Yeah. I'm vaccinated. You're not. You're my enemy. Right. And I got to first get past you to get to get to the next person. So I have to focus on you first. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And then I don't know if we talked about this before on the show, but the whole identifying, they make mm-hmm. us identify with this like, yeah, I'm pro mask or anti mask or I'm pro vaccine or anti. They always do this shit. And it's subjective. Yeah, this is that this is that tool. And because I identify myself as, let's just say, a pro mask now. I need to make sure I get validated for that identity. So now I'm almost virtually signaling subconsciously in the public, yeah, I got my mask on. Yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm fighting for my health. You know what I'm saying? And it, But are you virtually signaling for the right thing? Or are you just freaking gaslighting because it's like a psychological tool that <laughs> that's being incorporated, you know? It, it's, it's fucked up. It's hard to talk about it. We probably sound crazy just recording this episode, but it is what it is, man, because it's like almost the identity, to hear it. It's almost like wide scale identity politics. I'm not diving into the transgenderism and, and all that because there's people out there that have gender dysphoria and all that. And I, I believe that they do, but you're basically doing doing that because it's subjective. You identify yourself as, as something, right? Yes. And it's what it is. It's not objective, it's not, it's not subjective because it's just you identifying, you're just identifying that for the moment. It's not a gender where it's male, female. It's just identity, what you believe you are. That's why I have sometimes I have an issue with identity politics because one day one person might identify as a male, next identify as a female because there's no differentiation between them physically or objectively. It's just subjective, right? Today I want to I want to be a girl, so I'm gonna use the female restroom, and I and I can because I'm technically a female and I identify as one, right? Even yeah. though I have a fucking dick and two balls, I could go in a female restroom for today because I identify and no one's gonna gonna tell me not to but what if I go in a female, female bathroom and rape somebody and then I leave that's people don't don't see that they just want to be happy in, in that time and in the moment where they want to be happy and that's what it is you know that wokeism BS right and identity politics that goes into like almost like vaccine politics it's the same thing identity politics I identify myself as a vaccinated civilian I identify myself as a non-vaccinated civilian it's, it's all fucking subjective yes right you make it see very good point there, man. I, or what if you identify yourself as neither or? Yeah. What would the person argue with? Like, dude, I'm freaking, I'm, I'm neutral. Yeah, but it's that California kind of lifestyle where we're all open. You can do whatever you want as long as you're open and doing what you want equates to what I'm doing and, and what I want. Yeah. That's it's the whole California sure. politics, man. Yeah. Deep breath. Yeah, deep breath. I wanted to mention something else, but we could just go on, go on forever. But it's more... I was going to talk about the Stockholm Syndrome, but basically that's what they got us, man. Just like uh, what Stockholm Syndrome is, is let's just say you get kidnapped, uh, you're getting raped, but but psychologically you somehow develop a re- good relationship to the person that's oppressing you. Like you, you're the victim, but somehow you love your oppressor. 
And that's called Stockholm Syndrome. And over time, last year, that's kind of what they did to us. They they got us in a freaking box. They set us at home. And now we're experiencing Stockholm Syndrome where it's like, yes, government, do everything. I want to just be, I just want to be free again. And now they're saying we can't begin. We're going back to this. So now what happens is the government is oppressing the people that are already oppressed. And the Stockholm Syndrome is basically not saying that the government is the issue because they're technically oppressing them, but it's the people that are doing the opposite of what we are doing, which is not wearing masks, not social distancing, not getting vaccinated. And that's that freaking whole gaslight mentality, which is attacking the other person that's trying to live their life and just be free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, well, like 50% of the population in the U.S. is vaccinated, roughly. Yeah. So, yeah. And it makes it, it makes it seem like what a minority did not vaccinated. It's 50-50, bro. Like, you know, we're, we're just... I don't want to say just as strong because I don't want to separate us, but like it's 50-50, which means the the data isn't in anyone's corner. So it's like, just be okay with it. Same way, same way you're okay of seeing somebody that's overweight eating a burger, just be okay with somebody that's um, not vaccinated. And people say, oh, it's the, it's the, the pandemic is because of the unvaccinated people. Are you blaming the obese person for their disease when you're in a hospital? Are you saying that, hey, I'm not going to treat you for cardiac issues because you've been obese your whole life? That's what's going on with, with unvaccinated people. They're saying, hey, it's your own fault that you're not vaccinated. Well, it's your own fault that you're eating cheeseburgers and now you're in a fucking hospital. We, and, can't, and heart say, we can't say that as a nurse. Yes, yeah, but you can't imagine saying that. Imagine, imagine saying you're, you have heart disease because you're fat and you're un- unhealthy. But you could say, hey, you got COVID-19, good for you because you're unvaccinated. What the fuck? Right. Mind-blowing, <laughs> dude. Dude. And it's, even the doctors in Florida that walked out, they're protesting taking care of unvaccinated people. Are you damn serious? Mm. We have been taught in the medical profession to never discriminate. We're, we're supposed to treat that patient no matter what. That person punched you, spit at you, talk shit to you, talk down to you. Mm. I'm still taking care of it like it's my patient next door. Yeah. I love you, man. I, you, I, this is my job. I'm doing it. And all of a sudden, doctors could you know, have this woke politics and they could walk out and not treat us all of a sudden. WTF. Yeah. I'm out of here, man. <laughs> like I'm going to say it again. Cardiovascular disease kills a person every 36 seconds. If you want a foolproof vaccine that's going to help a uh, majority, the vaccine that you should create is the vaccine of anti-sugar and and pro-exercise. Like like the alcohol one where you throw up if you eat a you know, double mac or double cheeseburger. Yeah, like, like it's crazy. You don't need a vaccine to solve these problems, right? People have been getting past disease and you know start not, not starvation but diseases and sickness without vaccines for years and years and years yeah. like yeah there is a good way to implement vaccines like we have the mmr the polio the vaccines that we've gotten but these ones that are still 50 50 and don't have research base and are seems like the rules and regulations change every few months on what's required and what's expected that's not something that, that i want if someone that's like having a friend that always changes their opinion on, on shit would you want that friend no, right. because you want to know what the fuck if you should rely on them or not. You know, if you say, "Hey, can you pick me up at four and he says, and "He says yeah," and he says, "Oh, at four o'clock he says, "Hey, I can't pick you up anymore." It's just like what the hell? You know, it's it's the same thing. If someone, if, if I have a friend that's always changing their their mind, always tell me different things every few months, or a, or a significant other, a girlfriend. Imagine if you had a fucking girlfriend that her story changed every three months, every yeah, six I'm months. Dropper, you wouldn't trust man. it, right? Dropper. So why are you trusting a vaccine that's, that's that the Government says or the company says that, hey, it will protect you. Mm-hmm. Oh, now it's not going to protect you. It's only protect you for yeah. five months. Now you need a booster, bro. Now now you could spread it with the vaccine. So what, like, how are you going to tell me to get it if I still could get COVID-19 with it, if I could still spread it? If 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 you told me that, hey, 
the future adverse effects are not known, but it protects you 99% from COVID-19 from getting and spreading it. I would be more inclined to take it. I understand that you don't know the future effects of it because it's a new vaccine, but you're not even guaranteeing me the re- treatment. advertisement. Right. You're not even guaranteeing me the treatment and response I'm supposed to get that you initially created this vaccine for. Right? That's backwards. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, let's, let's wrap this up. Hope you guys enjoy this controversy episode as always. Thank you for your support and listening to us and hearing our crazy ass viewpoints, which is probably not crazy. It's just closer to the truth. Depends which way you look at it. Thank you for tuning in. See you guys on the next one. Yep. And I believe this episode is going to be released a little bit after 9-11. So I just want to, Matt and I want to thank everybody, their families, of people that, that have died and have suffered from 9-11 attacks. Respect, thank you so much.